You are listening to Legion of Substitute Podcasters, episode 483, The End of the Psycho War. Choke! Welcome to episode 483 of Legion of Substitute Podcasters. I am Paul French, and today I am an excellent stew lad. <laughs> we, okay. had a, we, we had promised to take the kids out uh, tobogganing yesterday. Ah. And it was just, it was really cold yesterday. <laughs> and um, so we opted instead to say, well, let's, let's go tomorrow. So we, we took them out today, and it was still fairly cold, but um, enough that the, the sun was out and, uh, and some of the snow had melted on the hilly parts. So the only one that really was able to, um, to, to properly uh, you know, go down that, that hill was Sarah because she had her little, um, like a crazy carpet, basically. So, you know, essentially a, a little, a little uh, roll-up cutting board with, uh, with handles. And... Um, <laughs> And so she was able to get quite a bit out of it, and it was cold. And we we decided to invite some uh, some of the people from across the street over for dinner, and so we made a big old stew in the slow cooker today. Mm. And there was nothing better than coming back into the house and smelling that cooking. And uh, yeah, it was a beautiful thing. And so it will be repeated. Yes, it will be repeated. And uh, and yeah, that's that, that's that's what I got now. Oh, I do want to say one thing. Thanks to everybody who uh, yesterday was was my birthday, which means that today, as this episode drops, Mosby's birthday. Happy oh, birthday, happy Mosby! Birthday. And um, but so yeah, a lot of a lot of people uh, who uh, who listen to our show uh, reached out to uh, to say a happy birthday, and um, and I got all kinds of neat little Legion pictures uh, with them, and uh, I, I'm I'm not going to try and describe a whole bunch of them because then I'll inevitably leave one out and and feel bad about it. <laughs> yeah. uh, but there was yeah, a lot of cool stuff. Do I do have to mention the the Sergeant Pepper uh, Legion. Uh, illustration though is that the winner it, it, well it was just i've never seen it I, no no that's not what i said uh, I but, know. <laughs> don't you put words in my mouth um <laughs> getting cranky in his age but uh, that's right that's right get off my lawn um but uh but no it was neat because what one of the like Little de- little detaily stuff like you had some of the various uh, Legion creators uh, poked in throughout, and also down at the front, just like on the Sergeant Pepper album cover, where you've got the uh, where you've got like the old original Mop Top Beatles, you know, in the in the 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 uh, colorless jackets and all that. Um, you had the uh, Adventure Two Forty Seven costumes, uh, the Legionnaires standing there with those, and it was just perfectly done so uh so definitely wanted to 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 shout that one out because i've never seen i've never seen one of that sort and i don't know who actually did the illustration but it was really really cool so um anyway so i did i did want to say thanks to everybody for for reaching out there over to you sir Hi, everybody. I'm Darren Noel, and I am younger lad because I'm reminded this time of year that yes. I am slightly younger than Paul. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but straight dude, gay dude, it, you know, it. it oh, yeah, it, I totally it, am older. It, it, it comes no out in doubt. the wash. <laughs> Please, I'm 875 <laughs> if I'm a day. 
So, you know, <laughs> it is what it is. <sighs> but for now. Uh, I'll, I will take the for the for the, for the so next for, block, the, yes, for the next three weeks. <laughs> for the next three weeks, <laughs> I'm going to hold on to these 21 days. Damn it! <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Goodness, actually, I'm getting over a stomach flu that went through my office last week. Ooh. Yeah, I didn't need anything from about Tuesday through like. Friday morning, Thursday night, mm. I think was Thursday night. I think is when I had crackers and kept them in my body. Oh dear! So um, yeah, it was it was a not a pleasant week. But the good news is I am under two hundred pounds for the first time in like five years. <laughs> <laughs> you, you gotta you gotta look at the silver lining on that. Absolutely. So, oh, 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 there you go. There's the silver lining. <laughs> well played, sir. Well played. Over to you, sir. Hi, everybody. I'm Travis Elsor, and I am four free lunches, lad. Damn. Uh, <laughs> at work, uh, about two months ago, they started talking about uh, some people in our department were going to get raises. And uh, they said, yeah, it's got to go through some approvals and all this, but it looks like we're going to get raises. And and I'm ever the doubting Thomas of the group there. And I'm like, yeah, sure, we're going to get raises. And they said, oh, no, we're going to have them by the end of the year. I'm like, yeah, sure, we will. And uh, I I mean, I'd love to have a raise, but I also know that we might get one, but it takes forever to go through all the approvals because we're a large company. Yeah. But anyway, uh, one of the guys at work says, oh, no, he says, I bet you we'll have it by the end of the year. I said, okay, bet oh, me bet, bet, four bet, free bet, lunches. Bet. Yes. <laughs> I said to bet me four free lunches. And, well, the first of the year came and we still haven't got the raise. So every Friday during January, I get a free lunch. Nice. I love that you went straight to four. Yes. Yeah. You know, no messing, no messing about. You know, none of this, uh, well, you know, well, uh, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe just an appetizer. No. Four free no. lunches. Four. Four free <laughs> lunches, please. I never bet money. I only bet food. <laughs> That's fair. That is totally fair. Because you can show up with ramen. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> I can bring a peanut butter sandwich. I don't know. Yeah. You know, yeah. Here's your lunch. <laughs> Have a good one. <laughs> Party on, dude. Oh, that's awesome. <sighs> Outstanding. Outstanding. Well, just hilarious. Let me tell you, yeah, the issue we're about to get to, there is no free lunch. Um, no free lunch? I don't think there's, I, I don't think I've seen many issues of, of Legion. I should clarify that uh, in which a free lunch is uh, <coughs> offered or discussed. So hmm. perhaps that's just a thing. Um, but just happy Courtney day. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but so we're doing a kind of a big deal issue of, uh, of the Legion. And um, one of the things, you know, we're going to get into the cover. Of course, this is in a comic all their own at last. Um, because and I, and I and I got to agree with that because I never bought into the whole the whole volume one. It was a it was a book of reprints, um, yeah. you know. So so, uh, you know, that 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 four issue run um, of, uh, of reprints uh, counts as a, as a volume of Legion. Eh, I don't know if that sits right, but anyway, um, 
uh, so one of the things we get on this cover is a logo change. Logo change? Indeed. No. And so this one was actually created by letterer extraordinaire. I mean, he, you know, he's, uh, he's the guy, you, you, you know, when you talk about great comic book lettering, he's, he's, he sort of stands at the tippy top of the conversation. And that is, of course, Todd Klein. And on his blog, he actually, uh, which can be found at kleinletters.com, and he actually did a logo study. Uh, this goes back a ways, because I can remember reading this a couple of years back. Um, I don't know that it actually says that it has the date attached to it, but, but anyway, um, um, it, you know, on this... Okay, so we're talking at least uh, 2009 because there are there are comments that uh, that date back there, including by uh, by our friend Martin Gray, and um, and so you know this this definitely goes back. I mean, and and he looks at all of the logos. Um, you know, right, right back to uh, to Adventure Two Forty Seven, and just the kind, the styles of lettering that they used, and all that sort of thing. And I won't get into too many of them because I'd rather spend a bit of time on on this current one. But you can find it on there, and it's a it's actually a three part thing. So he started out doing the adventure stuff, and uh, and then the reprint series, um, um, and the one that was on the cover of some of the. Uh, adventure issues and he talks a bit about the superboy logo which would of course later get uh get um um uh, added you know basically had the legion's uh name added to it the superboy with the outline like we saw in superboy and the legion of superheroes you know as as we saw until what last month (laughs) yeah um and so uh Anyway, so he gets into uh, into all of those, and I just want to want to get to this one. Um, so this is the one that they they hired him to do, and one of the things that he said he said in 1980, I'd been on staff for about two years and ha- had already designed about a dozen logos, and and he, he had like I mean, it, and it's stuff like the uh, uh, what was it um, like the, the Green Lantern um, was that his yeah the the Green Lantern. <clears throat> logo with the uh, lantern in the middle of it oh uh, yeah yeah so he would take like oh sorry no that the that green lantern one was actually gaspar saladino oh, but, was it? Okay. but he does go back and, and explore a lot of these things and uh and and you know take a look at at, at how they work and why they work and, and all that kind of stuff from a from a typographic point of view and it's it's very interesting from a design point of view for people who are into into that side of things and so he said that he'd been on staff for about two years had already designed about a dozen logos and he was asked to do one for the legion a new logo was wanted as Superboy was leaving the title and the Legion would go it on their own. He says, I was a reader of the book at the time and jumped at the chance. I chose to put the logo on two lines in a design that featured thick, open, condensed letters, not terribly different from previous ones by bo- both Irish Schnapp and Gaspar Saladino. Though He says, though my, ty- my style of S is distinctive. And it's kind of the squared... Uh, yeah, the squared mm-hmm. version there, and um, he says the open letters had a heavy outline, and they were all packed close together in a design with three-point perspective and an open telescoped drop shadow, um, and that's that's of course the on on this cover that's the red portion of the lettering, and um, 
And he said, uh, astute uh, observers have noticed that the backward lean and overall shape are similar to the logo that Jim Steranko uh, designed for the X-Men back in 1968. And they show uh, a bit from the cover of X-Men 50, uh, which had that, that X-Men logo that we would know for many, many years after uh, after that. Yeah. Um, and he said the observers are spot on, though I didn't notice it myself until it was pointed out recently. Uh, he says it was probably an unconscious influence, as I was a fan of that book too. And of course, as we know, there were some uh, there were some connections um, between the X Men and the Legion. Uh, he said, for some reason, I had no sketches or even a copy of the final logo in my files, but found this photostat in the DC files. The original was not there. And oh. uh, he says, I think it does a good job with a long title. And uh, and I still like it. He said the backward slant didn't always work well with cover lettering, though. And when asked to come up with a spinoff title, this is what happens. And he shows the secrets of the Legion, <clears throat> and it it looks really awkward. So you've got the yeah. that Legion of Superheroes thing, and then you've got the secrets of, and uh, and yes, the logo does look really awkward. And that's what he says. He said pretty awkward, isn't it? Why I didn't simply add secrets of the as a third line above the rest, I can't say. <laughs> But this logo is definitely a poorly designed one. He said, fortunately, it only saw print on this miniseries. Despite this fiasco, DC wanted something <laughs> new for the book in 1981 and gave me another shot, uh, another shot at it. And, um, and that was, of course, um, the one that we would see through all of the Great Darkness saga. And we would basically see until, uh, um, until the Baxter run started. And uh, they had a new logo, too, and we'll get into this, celebrate the return of Superboy. So that was actually their reasoning behind it. Yeah, for the new logo. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, Although I like this logo. I Which one? The, know, the, the, the angled this, one? This one right here. Yeah, yeah. The one on the yeah. new um, mm -hmm. issue. It looks a little Star Wars-y to me. Very much so. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's a, that, that idea of the crawl, even if it's, a, if it's from a different angle, is interesting. And it, and it draws it draws your eye along with it, for sure. Yeah, I think I always thought of it. It always made me think of the uh, the Star Destroyer that comes in at the beginning of of, uh, of Star Wars. Yeah, um, I can totally see that. Yeah, yeah. So uh, anyway, so he he would also do that other one. But you know what? We'll cover that when Superboy comes back. All right. Yeah, so we, we have so far to wait. Yes, yes. Superboy's <laughs> never returning to this book, kids. Yeah. Well, Darren, you'll note yeah. what it says on the cover. <coughs> it says, there goes Superboy flying back to his own time era, and this time he'll, he'll never, never return. Because they what are they going that. to do? They're going in a bold new direction, Paul. <laughs> yes, they are, Darren. <laughs> that is exactly where they're going. Ah, uh, take a drink of the Kool-Aid, kids. Because <laughs> there's probably an ad for it somewhere in this book. Exactly. All right. So, uh, hmm. Although I would, I don't have a problem with the logo so much as I, I, you know, I'm a fan of rainbows, but what is going on on this cover with the colors? Well, it's the time stream, Darren. Well, I, I get the time stream of the sky, but <laughs> everyone looks like they are in, like, Arizona. <laughs> On the bottom, everything's Adobe colored. It's a little strange, and I and I don't know that that. Well, I guess we'll see when we get into the issue. If maybe that... I don't know, but uh... I think I would have done maybe without so many of the the red and pink legionnaires standing there, and more of like put yeah. Shady and Brainy out there for more contrast. 
That's fair. That's fair. Exactly. So, you know, just, yeah. you know, anyway, I think, I think you did the last one, Darren. So why don't we have, I, uh, I did. So why don't we have someone Tra- else, Travis, why don't Woo-hoo. you do that? Why don't you take us through this one? Sure. It's Superboy's last one. Now read it with poignancy. And I think we've thoroughly <laughs> discussed the cover by now, but, uh, I just point he's out that crying. it is drawn by Dick Giordano. Yes. Oh, he's crying. Yeah. He's got a single tear. Uh, choke. <laughs> <laughs> all righty here we go um we kick off uh they just call it psycho war the climax to a legend brought to you by jerry conway writer joe staten and dave hunt artists milt snap and letter gene d'angelo colorist and jack c harris the editor we open up uh what looks like a i guess space ambulance uh <laughs> loading some legionnaires up <laughs> they're loading up saturn girl uh, wildfire is blasting some rocks and it says the rubble remains of the Legion headquarters recent scene of the most bizarre attack in Legion history an assault not on the bodies of three Legionnaires but on their minds an assault more fanciful than real but for that no less deadly wildfire says I'm so mad I could and Karate says it looks like you already have <laughs> 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 and up, uh, Superboy's there. He says, uncanny. A few moments ago, Saturn Girl, Lightning Lad, and Sunboy were standing here with us, just talking. <laughs> and Karate Kid, and then they each fell prey to some unseen attacker. Shady shows up. Someone who struck at their minds, their secret souls. I find it terrifying, RJ Brand. <clears throat> and we have the uh, Psycho Warrior. He's thinking to himself, uh, not as terrifying as Superboy is going to find it in a few seconds, Mr. Rene Almighty Bran. Ooh. I've already Ooh. taken my revenge on three Legionnaires. Now I'll claim vengeance against the fourth and final of my enemies. Eh? What are they doing here? This spoils everything. I can't attack Superboy now. Not with them here. And it says St. Croix Medical Center's the uh, space uh, ambulance. Yes. Yeah. Uh, he says from... Uh, a narration box says, from out of the southeastern sky, a gleaming flash of white crossed with red, a hospital craft from the most prestigious institution of the 30th century Earth. Wildfire, hey, aren't they? Superboy says, better stay here, Wildfire. I'll handle this. <laughs> uh, go up there examining lightning lads floating, I guess, with the devices help, or maybe the flight ring, I don't know. Uh, Superboy says, mind telling me what the St. Croix Medical Center has to do with this? You doctors didn't just happen to be in this neighborhood. Please, Superboy, we'll explain our interest momentarily. But first, we must attend to your comrades. This electron disruptor should remove them from their comatose state, letting them slip into natural sleep. There, in a few hours, they'll be fine. He says, neat trick, Doc, maybe too neat. He says, your friends were suffering from a magnetizing of their neural impulses. You might say brain paralysis. <laughs> and yes, we were expecting something of this sort. He says, you seem to be expecting the condition you found. Because you see, we know who attacked you and why. Dun, 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 dun. Yes. Uh, we cut over to Rene Brand's penthouse office 18 minutes later specific time <laughs> that's very specific yes <laughs> same with the southeast sky it seemed yeah, to, yeah. two blocks north and three blocks east. <laughs> take a drink <laughs> <laughs> he 
He went straight to 18 minutes, just like I went straight to four lunches. You there you know. go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it says, thanks for letting us use your penthouse, Mr. Brand. With our headquarters in ruins, we'd have a hard time finding a place to talk. And I have a feeling, judging in the expressions of the doctor's faces, they've got quite a lot to say. Karate Kid is lounging on the couch. And he says, what did you mean back at headquarters when you told us you know who attacked us? And there's three of the medical personnel there, and they say, exactly that, Karate Kid. We arrived at your base so quickly because we expected an attack against you by one of our patients, a very young, very ill young man named Rehes Tomac. Yeah, maybe? Re- I, Re- yeah, I Regis Tomac, maybe. Uh, who knows? Uh, Tomac escaped a maximum security cell in our psychotic ward earlier this evening, and we've reason to suspect he means you legionnaires considerable harm. Hold it, Doc. You're saying we should worry about a psycho? Are you kidding? What can he do to us? And uh, shows him outside flying up towards the building and blasting the side of it. And uh, with next page, the doctor says, Quite a great deal, I'm afraid, Wildfire. He's already injured three of your friends, don't forget, and heaven only knows whom he'll strike at next. Uh, Chameleon Boy's there. He says, Granted, this psycho warrior is a dangerous man, Doctor. The question is how dangerous now that we know now that we're aware of his intentions and the doctor replies are we aware of his intentions chameleon boy i don't know let me tell you something about him and then you may judge for yourself just how deadly an enemy rahis rages yeah yeah, it looks like it's rages uh tomac rages tomac is a fourth generation colonist of bunyan's world (laughs) <laughs> Bad on your feet. <laughs> a planet located on the very rim of our galaxy orbiting a double star. Binary star. Well, yes. Though humans have inhabited Bunyan's world for close to 200 years, they haven't tamed it, and it's doubtful they ever shall. For Bunyan's world is re- re- is in reality a living hell. Wow. And, uh they show a bunch of monstrous creatures and plants attacking people who are all dressed like the Psycho Warrior. And, whoop, next page. Comicsology is acting up on me. Hold on. And there we go. Life on Bunyan's world is a constant nightmare struggle for survival against predators of every shape and size and of every species, animal and vegetable. Why would anyone go there? Why? <laughs> yeah. There's Ventura, for Christ's sake. Get off that mud ball. <laughs> yes. For on Bunyan's world, even the plant life has a voracious appetite for human flesh. This is the oh, world. <laughs> this is the world Tomac was born to and grew to maturity on. A madhouse of violence. Created. <laughs> And it was on Bunyan's world that he met Mathilde and fell in love. He met her while they shared duty on one of the mining machines, which provided Bunyan's world with its wealth and its reason for a colony. Oh, that's why they're their money. She was strong, intelligent, competent in every way, a fit life mate for a man doomed to that hell planet. And he <laughs> loved her, <laughs> and she loved him. That sounds like one of those really bad ten-cent novels. Yes. With, with a really bad, not, you know, Andre Norton cover, but kind of an Andre Norton cover. <laughs> this hell planet, he loved her and she loved him. Yes. <laughs> hell planet, where we love or die. 
it was traditional in Bunyan's world to send young adults to Earth for their professional education, and Tomac and Matilda's parents agreed to their going together. Ooh. They left home in a mood of melancholy and excitement. Melancholy for leaving the world they loved, despite its horrors, and excitement for the opportunity to explore new worlds together. It was an idyllic time, a time of promise and fulfillment, a time of dreams, of hope, and then it was shattered in one horrible moment as their craft fell off course into the gravity well of a pre-Nova star. Now, uh, now we must admit that it apparently went off course because they were having some snooky time. Yeah, it looks like they're having relations in the back of the ship instead of flying. Yeah. <laughs> uh, really? Really. And then an alarm goes off, and it says, "In a one in a million fluke, a faulty automatic navigator, a deadly star not listed on the charts, they tried to alter course, but it was too late. Uh, so they put it on autopilot, but not reliable. It's kind of like these self-driving cars coming up. I just don't trust them. Mm. <laughs> uh, because of its mass, their spacecraft was caught in the star's gravity well, but there was a chance that the smaller, more maneuverable lifeboat could burst free. They reached the lifeboat in its pod on the spacecraft's skin. Tomac stepped in and turned to help Mateel and shows him reaching back for her with an explosion. And it says, it was tragic. Another moment and she would have been at his side. But his shoulder accidentally brushed the automatic ejection switch. And in that terrible instant, the lifeboat, lifeboat blasted away from the spacecraft's side just as the star went nova. Oh. So he accidentally hit the automatic ejection switch. Huh. You think he'd stay away from that? <clears throat> <laughs> Says at least Matil felt no pain. Our computer calculation determined she was vaporized instantly. Yeah, I'm sure that was painless. Although the panel shows her body still standing there just where their arms reached out, so maybe not so instantly. Mm -hmm. um, next page. Tomac was not so mercifully treated. His survival suit had a polarizing helmet that protected his optic nerves from that blinding burst of astenic light? I'm not sure what that word is. I don't know what that word is. That's a vocabulary word. Someone get Grabble on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but nothing could protect his mind from retaining the image of that last horrible moment, the last sight of the woman he loved dying in the light. We estimate he drifted in space for two months until a passing United Planets survey ship discovered the shattered lifeboat. His survival suit kept him alive, but barely. He was in a state of shock. So naturally, he was brought to our facility on St. Croix. It was while he was at St. Croix as a patient that he first came into contact with your fellow legionnaire, Brainiac 5, who is also a patient under our care. I think that's when he began to hate all of you. And uh, we noticed at the time when he began to take an interest in his surroundings, especially when Superboy, Saturn Girl, Saturn Girl, Lightning Lad, and Sunboy would visit Brainiac 5, which we saw a few issues ago. Mm -hmm. We know now that it was Sunboy he resented. Sunboy, whose very being must have been a reminder of his beloved's horrible death. Around this time, he showed the first signs of violence. And shortly thereafter, he had to be confined to the maximum security section. And last night, he escaped. After downing two guards, he proceeded to the hospital's psychological profile computer, where we store the results of the psych profiles you legionnaires were required to undertake under the terms of your charter. And Shady says, you mean he knows our deepest secret fears? 
and shrinking violence there. And she says, our weaknesses, the things that could possibly terrify us under stress. And then a voice to the side says, that's correct, Legionnaire. He knows you better than you know yourselves. And he hates you, he hates you, he hates you. And <laughs> the psycho warrior's there, and he's throwing something at them. It looks like a bomb. That That's shade, darling. That's, that's shade. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and Healing Boy just repeats what it says. He's throwing something, a bomb. And uh, Superboy's rushing towards it, and so is Chameleon Boy. He's making a shape uh, to enclose around the bomb, which I think before we said he doesn't take on any properties, maybe, but uh, is it becoming tougher here? I don't know. Eh. We still don't understand his powers. No. No one does. <clears throat> no. Chameleon Boy says, I'll reach it. Change shape to Plutonian Protomorph. Superboy says, Cam, no! And the Psycho Warrior says, that one was just a diversion, Legionnaires. A simple concussion bomb. The kind the creatures on my planet eat for lunch. Here's the real threat. I thought they ate human flesh. Uh, apparently they eat concussion bombs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he, uh, Psycho Warrior says, an optic detonator designed to paralyze your optic nerves the way my neural detonator paralyzed your fellow Legionnaires' brains. You'll lose all sense of time, all sense of place, and that's the way you'll stay until I release you. It might even be the way you die. And uh, Superboy says, you made one mistake, fella. Your detonator didn't affect me. And yet Either somehow way. it affected Wildfire. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you know. The uh, Psycho Warrior starts flying off and he says, oh, I didn't make a mistake, Superboy. This is just the way I want it. You and me to the bitter end. And they're flying off into orbit. Superboy says... That may be the way you want it, Tomac, but now that you've got it, I promise you won't like it. I may be able to sympathize with what's happened to you, but that won't keep me from grabbing you. And uh, Psycho Warrior says, oh, I know, Superboy. In fact, you might say, you've really caught it now. And uh, green energy (laughs) is coming out, and it hits Superboy. (laughs) And he plummets down to Earth into a graveyard. Sorry, uh, concealed kryptonite. Take a drink. Yes, take a drink, <laughs> kids. I need that. <laughs> it's almost like, you know, when Halo from The Outsiders turned yeah. green. I was like, that's a kryptonite aura, isn't it? <laughs> it's not. It's a stasis aura. But still, you know, it's the same kind of bizarreness. So moving on. Just used to it. Uh, Superboy goes down in the graveyard. He says, oh, must have hit me with kryptonite radiation. Really wiped me out for a second there. And then he sees whose tombstone he's in front of, and it says, Jonathan and Martha Kent, may they rest in peace. Oh my god, not here of all places to land. Why did I have to land here, at the gravesite of my foster parents? You mean you mean they died a thousand years after? Who would have known? No, you're missing, you're missing the obvious here. Martha! <laughs> Why'd you say that name? <laughs> Still laughable after all these years. <laughs> Both of them. <laughs> yes. That was the Psycho Warrior's mom's name, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. All right. Uh, there was nothing you could do, son. You mustn't blame yourselves. And we see, her, see the ghost of his parents. It's the Kents. Uh, they said there was nothing you could have done that could prevent us from opening that strange chest while we were vacationing in the Caribbean. 
you couldn't have stopped us from contracting a fatal fever, fever plague from viruses in the chest, and you couldn't save us once we were ill. But we loved you, son, and we love you still, and you must not blame yourself. Blame yourself. Blame yourself. That's all he hears. Yeah. See, Superboy, I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know. Wow. I'm just visiting this future era. You were alive when I left the 20th century. You haven't died yet. For me, I never wanted to learn how you were going to die because I've always known I can't change the past. But now I know, and there's nothing I can do to help you. I'm helpless, helpless, helpless. And then he looks up with tears in his eyes and says, No! No, this is a trick, an attack on my mind. You know our weaknesses, the one thing which would hurt each of us at the deepest psychological level. For Saturn Girl, the fear of her own telepathy. For Sun Boy, a terror of absolute darkness. And for me, the secret horror that I might one day find out how my foster parents will die here on a trip in the future. But I've blown away the mist of confusion, Tomac, and he uses a super breast to do that. And just as I've seen that my fears are no more than a museum and a few robots, I've also realized that the only way to finally defeat you is to make you confront your own secret fears and your own hidden demons. Mm -hmm. He grabs the psycho warrior and he says, what? Where are you taking me? What are you doing? I'm taking you to see your enemy, Tomac. And he takes him to a sunrise. The light, the light, the sun. It killed Matil. It Wh- killed her. Which is, of course, Bunyan for Martha. <laughs> <laughs> and the whole while, the Psycho Warrior is shooting his gun at the sun because that's going to do something. <laughs> and Superboy says, but that's not what you believe, is it, Tomac? Is it? And he says, no, no, I killed her. It was my fault. I lived and she died. Why couldn't I have died too? Why? Superboy says, you've admitted your pain, Tomac. That's a long way from adjusting to the guilt you feel, but it is a beginning. Then we go to an epilogue. Sunrise on the Brand Balcony. Superboy's there holding his head in front of the other Legionnaires. He says, I'm glad that you're all here. Especially glad that Lightning Lad, Sunboy, and Saturn Girl are all all right. I learned something that upset me last night. Chameleon Boy says, we know, Superboy. Tomac told the doctors what he did. We're sorry. We've tried always to keep it from you, to spare you. Superboy says, no, no, this is something I have to deal with, Cam. This future has always been like a never-never land to me. It never seemed quite real, but now it is real. And I know the past matters. I can't ignore it because it hurts. I want to remember my parents' deaths whenever I come here because it's real and it counts. At least I won't remember it when I return to the past. But even that seems like a cheat. I guess I've got to think a while. And uh, Lightning Lad whispers to Saturn Girl, Did you do it, Imra? And she whispers back, Yes, Garth, he's right. He'll always remember his parents' deaths whenever he returns to our time, and perhaps he'll finally discover other events in his own future. So I planted a telepathic hypnotic suggestion commanding him to remain in the 20th century and not to return to us for his own sake. Chameleon Boy says, it's as we agreed then. We had to protect him from his own nobility. He would want to stand the suffering, and it would be so unnecessary. Superboy's flying away. And uh, they say, I'll miss him. He doesn't even know this is goodbye. Monel says, I think he is the best of us all. Which is along and, the lines of what he said when he died. When, when he died, When he eventually yeah. died, yeah. yeah. 
And, he said, and no matter where he goes and whatever he becomes, they know what he becomes. He becomes Superman. <laughs> I, think in, yeah. I think in his heart and ours, Wait he will second. always yeah. be a legionnaire. Ba, ba, ba. And then it says, read the incredible adventures of Superboy in the new adventures of Superboy. Superboy. Now on sale. Next issue, a new beginning and a new menace in Come to the Circus and Die. Um, that sounds that sounds trepidatious. You, you know, you know, Monal's got to be sitting there thinking, "Hey, I look at it this way. Maybe, uh, maybe he's going to go back and he can start working on that lead cure. Maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe now's my time. Maybe now's my time. Didn't have an opportunity before, but he's the best of us all because I hope he can hear me with his super hearing when I say that, so he can actually get to work on my lead serum any day now. He told me he's going to work on it. He told yeah, me. I remember. Remember your old buddy Bob Cobb? <laughs> oh, Bob Cobb. That that shyster. Oh man. Bob Cobb. Bob Cobb. Superboy's brother. Mm-hmm. Well, sweet. Bye, Superboy. We'll never see you again. Ever. Ever. Until we do. The last time we will ever see him in the Ever, Legion. ever, ever see him again. Yeah. Um, and uh, and actually, there's a thing where they talk about uh, in the in the letter column. Uh, Tasman O'Flynn uh, points out this this whole thing about uh, just sort of the editorial uh, heel turn that came around two fifty two, and uh, and of course we were also dealing with a new writer at the time, so there was a lot there was a lot going on and a lot that changed. And um, and he says and he says that whenever an editor is assigned to a new comic to handle, it always takes a few months to get the hang of it. There are existing plot lines and often existing stories and art with uh, with which the new editor had no hand. Um, by now, we feel that the Legion of Superheroes, and how do you like our new title, is at last all ours, and we can feel proud. Um, yeah, so they actually talk a bit about the... At the time, the ongoing debate about uh, the Adult Legion story. And... Um, and so uh, in, in here, uh, uh, one of the writers says that, that he said, Superboy and the Legion 250 to two, uh, 252 have, me, have made me wish I never read Adventure Comics 354 to 355. Sorry, I've got a little bit of schmutz on there. Um, <laughs> oh, my. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> he says, I know this letter won't be printed, as I, as I know from reading the above-mentioned issues that both uh, Brainiac 5 and Matter Eater Lad will recover. But I had to let you know that I think your latest Legion stories have been nothing less than sensational. Lightning Lad has been absolutely super as the Legion's new leader. He's almost over, he is almost overthoughtful, and though he hasn't let it interfere with his job, uh, he's been the perfect husband to Saturn Girl as well. And Wildfire has, to paraphrase Superboy in 251, become an outstanding Legionnaire. Uh, to make it short, thanks again for many times um, our 40 cents worth. <laughs> and keep it going. <laughs> 40 cents. Yeah, and so Harris says, for those readers not in the know, Adventure Comics 354-355 featured the infamous Adult Legion story, which revealed what will happen to various members farther into the future. Uh, this, unfortunate, this unfortunate story has locked writers and editors um, into certain continuity lines that many would rather not pursue. Uh, however, uh, Jerry Conway and Ye Editor have... Um, discuss the adult legion story and are, pre are planning to resolve the tale once and for all watch for it soon um of course we would see that resolution finally happen in uh, in issue 300 um 
when uh, when we learned that yes, time is uh, time is is malleable. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so so Superboy is gone forever. We will never see him again, <laughs> ever. And ever, ever. Um, and, and you know a few th- a few things of no, like you say, like uh, you know it, the. It, they really did treat it as uh, as as a real demarcation point, and for better or worse, <laughs> for better or worse. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but this is what would get us on the road to to where we would end up with things like the Great Darkness Saga, because I think part of it is that they realized we can have Superboy be part of it, but he doesn't have to be there all the time. And um, and I think that 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 is sort of, there is sort of a balance there. Um. So I'm just trying to think of what else. Uh, what else is there to say? Well, um, you know. So this is actually this. This came out just at the end of. Uh, well, I guess it was an October 25th issue, so it would have been sort of actually mid um, mid 80. And um, you know, he would. Uh, uh, Conway would stay with the book for for another bunch of issues. I mean, there would be the odd fill in here and there, um, but 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 you know, people forget just how busy that guy was at the time. Uh, you know, in dealing with he was also doing uh, Justice League, and he uh, would have uh, Fury of Firestorm in there at some point mm. in the next year or so. Um, uh, but but yeah, so this era really lasts about tw- about twenty five issues uh, through technically to two eighty three. You know, basically once we get past, you know, because that's when Levitz comes on. So this uh-huh. is this is the the precursor to the Levitz era, and I think that's kind of uh-huh. a, a good way to it's look at it. It's kind of a uh, not a speed bump so much, but a pause and just keep the motor running. Uh, yeah, because not a lot really develops or happens until we get to reflect their saga. Really. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, we get you know we do get Block brought into the fold uh, just just get before Tybox that exit. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, you know, like but, you but do. Hasn't been in the book for thirty issues. Yes, yes. Have you been counting? But we're gonna bring so, him back so we can get rid of him. Clang a lang a lang. Clang a lang a lang. So uh, so when you think about this. Uh, you know, so based on the fact that Lightning Lad was the leader through this, it kind of counts as, as one year, basically. That, that idea that because uh, uh, Lightning Lad became leader in, two, in, in uh, Superboy and the Legion 247, eventually steps down in 287. Um, so he served a span of 41 issues. So that's actually in real time one of the longer terms. But um, he, uh, you know, because when you think about this, uh, you, you know, he left early, right? Like he he did. Yeah, he resigned. Early. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so thinking According about it, to him. Yes, <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, thinking of it being a year, uh, when you think of the things that happen, so we we get rid, we lose Superboy, we're gonna lose Tyrock, uh, Duo Damsel and Bouncing Boy return to active membership. And then, and then leave again, and, and then leave as soon as Levitz comes on. I mean, that, that this is this is the thing when a new writer comes on to the Legion, new writer, new editor, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, you know, there's the clearing of the deck. Um, so of course, um, uh, Ultra Boy would, quote unquote, die. Um, the Legion uh-huh. would uh, bring in Block. Uh, wasn't he a bad guy? And, he was. And actually. then, and then, of course, there, there's and technically still is right now. <laughs> indeed, indeed, and uh, and then um, Reflecto will uh, will sort of join up, um, uh, 
you know, sort of. And that that is, of course, a nod uh, to another part of that Adult Legion story. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, some some heroes that we didn't see for long stretches of time. Element Lad is is uh, we don't see a lot of him in this run. Yeah, um, you know he's uh. in, he's in a background scene in two fifty four, um, and um, but we don't really see him and uh, uh, you know until again until two sixty six, and then of course when Levitz came in, it was like we're gonna have a lot of Element Lad. <laughs> Well, I mean, he was also deputy leader, so they never did anything with that. Yeah, apparently, no, exactly. So. Um, and for and for what and we had uh, in the uh, you know in two we see Karate Kid more than we see Element Lad, and he had his own book. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, not not anymore by this point. Oh, but not yeah. anymore, but yeah. still. Um, however, uh, Lightning Lad, Saturn Girl, and Wildfire appear in pretty much every issue, so that just seemed to be the. Uh, uh, you know, again, each each writer has their favorites, right? Um, so during these 25 issues, the Legion fought some of their greatest foes, the Fatal Five, Pulsar, Stargrave, Mordrew, Grimbor, and the Time Trapper. Unfortunately, most of these incredible, e- incredibly evil, and I'm taking this from uh, the Legion of Super Bloggers, uh, 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 an article they wrote back in March. Um, and I think that I think it's a it's a great sort of summary of what went on in this. And he said, uh, um, of course, most of these uh, uh, evil and dangerous individuals were taken care of in the most in, in the most outlandish ways. And when the Legion wasn't facing these legitimate threats, they were fighting off a Darth Vader wannabe, <laughs> uh, an angry genie, space pirates and race relations. Oh, Tyrock. Uh, it was not a good time for the bad guys. Um, no. Yeah, so of course they start out, you know, Brand's not doing well. Um, and we'll have secrets coming up soon. You think? Um, and yeah, so so basically over these 25 issues, there were two editors, six writers, and no less than 10 artists. Mm-hmm. Um, Jack C. Harris was the editor, then Mike W. Barr took over that in uh, with issue 277. Uh, Conway, of course, started, but then there were guest writers, uh, uh, Demetrius, uh, Kupperberg, uh, Roy Thomas came in and kind of, they kind of passed things off uh, briefly. And uh, where, where Conway had plotted 277 and, uh, and um, Thomas came in and did the scripting. Um, and then Jerry was out. Levitz came back to work with Roy and then finally took over completely in 284. Um, for the artists, the only team that managed to do three issues in a row during this time. <laughs> wow. Uh, that was, uh, Jimmy Janes and Dave Hunt who stayed together for the Tyrox saga. Who I've never heard it talked about that way, uh, which was, uh, in 263 to 265. And, um, and, uh, and he says, believe it or not, one artistic team only managed to get two issues in a row. Janes and Inker, Frank Chiaramonte were together for 269 to 270. Um, they teamed up again, but never consecutively. Uh, besides those two runs, uh, there was a different penciler and inker team in every issue. Hmm. Uh, they talk a little bit about secrets of the Legion um, and have that having something to do with it, because of course uh, James and Kiramonte were doing this, um, and it, it was running concurrently with the monthly title. Um, 
and uh, other pencilers at the time were Joe Staten, who starts the run. Uh, Jim Sherman comes back briefly. John... Oh, crap. What? Sorry. Huh? Mm. No, I clicked, right? I clicked the wrong thing on Facebook, and then suddenly I had gay techno bounce through my headphones. Oh, oh my. Oh. Did, did you hear that? Or was did, it just me? No, it was just you, sir. I didn't hear Mommy, it. can you hear me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm hearing gay techno. I don't know why. Hey, now. Um, why, but still. Uh, so Jim Sherman will come back, John Callanan, uh, Rick Estrada, Steve Ditko, and Howard Bender. Um, with And there were covers throughout uh, by guys like Dick Giordano, Rich Buckler, George Perez, Jim Sherman, Dave Cockrum, and uh, some uh, Jim Aparo as well. Mm. Um. Anyway, so uh, we'll get in. We're going to get into all that stuff as as we go through. But yes, there is some crazy stuff goes on. There is. There is some cray cray oh, stuff yeah. going on. <laughs> and we have to start planning five hundred there, Paul. We do. Get, it's coming up on us. Yeah. Yeah, we only have seventeen weeks, and that and oh my I, god, I, and I that, say that requires planning. I, I no, seriously, I joke about that, but that's uh, that that flies by. Um, it does, yeah. it really does. <laughs> so, so there we go. Um, yeah, it's crazy. Any other thoughts on uh, on on this issue and sort of where it's going to take us, or or where what we're leaving now? Well, I I think it's the first chance that DC's given Legion to stand on its own, really. Yeah. You know, so I guess applaud them for taking that chance, especially after the implosion. Um, yeah. Which is kind of over at this point, I'm assuming. They've gotten things under control more. Yeah. So, you know, congrats to them for taking another chance. And uh, hopefully, <laughs> eventually, they'll come back. Yeah. yeah. In some form or fashion. Yes, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, exactly. Welcome to it, uh, <laughs> Legionnaires. Hope you survive the experience. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. Um, okay, well, let, let's uh, let's let's wrap up then. Okay, dokie. And uh, so, comments as always are welcome. Legion of Substitute Podcasters at gmail.com. You can join in the conversation on our Facebook page, which can be found at facebook.legionofsubstitutepodcasters.com. Uh, you can find us on Twitter. We are LOSP Podcast. And in addition to all these things, you can head over to our website, legionofsubstitutepodcasters.com, where you can leave a comment on this or any episode. And with that, we make our way back into the time bubble, and hopefully we'll remember where we end up. <laughs> and we will see you all next week. Goodbye, Superboy. We'll never see you again.